This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Everybody needs a little help every now and then. Someone who has never held a guitar needs to know where to place their fingers on the strings. A novice dance student must be told how to move their feet. And travelers in unknown destinations need to know where to go. That's where the experts step in. Be it their guitar teacher, a dance instructor, or a tour guide. A person with advanced knowledge can be invaluable to someone just learning. But in the pantheon of great teachers, one stands out above the rest. His name was Jack but he was better known as Pelerus Jack. During the late 1800s, Pelerus Jack was responsible for shepherding ships traveling between the cities of Wellington and Nelson in New Zealand. As explorers sailed between the North and South Islands, they would inevitably come upon a dangerous stretch of water known as French Pass. It was a narrow gap fraught with high winds and roaring waves. Two large ships had already sunk to a watery grave in trying to navigate it, even the most seasoned captain needed help getting through it, and that's where Pelerus Jack came in. He was first spotted in 1888 when a schooner named Brindle entered French Pass. Jack pulled up alongside the boat to assist the Brindle and its crew on their journey. The captain of the Brindle tried to shoot their new guide at first until the man's wife stepped in and stopped him. It would have proved a costly mistake, too. Within 20 minutes, Pelerus Jack had successfully guided the Brindle through the churning waters and jagged rocks to the safety of the Pelerus Sound on the other side. And no, Jack didn't hail from the Pelerus area, but he was familiar with the territory, and word of his good deed quickly spread to sailors all over New Zealand. Regardless of whose stories are to be believed, Jack's reputation for helping ships in need spread far and wide. Captains who knew of him would stop at French Pass and wait for him to arrive, refusing to go through it until they knew that he was beside them. But not every ship treated Jack like a guardian angel. A ferry steamer named the SS Penguin nearly killed him in 1904. A passenger tried to shoot the guide with a rifle, but was stopped when others on board restrained him. It didn't matter, though. The damage was done. Jack never showed up to escort the SS Penguin again. A few years later, the ship sunk, trying to steer through the channel on its own. After that attempt on his life, Jack was placed under the protection of the Sea Fisheries Act of 1904. The misfortune of ships that ran afoul of Pelerus Jack led to his mystique, and sailors didn't only discuss him among themselves. They talked him up to the newspapers, too. Postcards were even printed with his image on them. He performed his job reliably for 24 years, and throughout that time, developed some bizarre habits. For example, he often ignored wooden boats in favor of mighty steamers with metal hulls. 
He'd also abandoned the ships halfway through their trip through the pass, letting them find their own way from there. But perhaps the strangest occurrence of Jack's career happened in 1912, when the friendly shepherd of the seas disappeared. One theory suggested that Jack was killed by a harpoon fired by Norwegian whalers in April of that year, when his decomposing body washed up on a nearby beach not long after, experts concluded that he had simply died of old age. Jack would never help boats navigate the turbulent waters of French Pass again. He'd never wait at the entrance to Pelera Sound to guide them out of the channel, either. No more playing in the wakes of the ships, or rubbing against their hulls. Pelerus Jack wasn't a good Samaritan doing his nautical duty. He was a dolphin. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. When we think of secession, we think of a particular moment in American history, when brother fought brother, and two halves of the United States nearly tore the country apart. I'm talking, of course, about the Civil War, and you knew that. The South had chosen to secede from the rest of the country, with the goal of starting its own republic instead. What resulted was a bloody war costing thousands of lives over the course of four years. But it wouldn't be the last time part of the U.S. would try to go its own way. 
And in the late 1930s, residents of Wyoming, South Dakota, and Montana were suffering. The Great Depression of 10 years earlier had it eased much. Farmers were losing their crops to droughts and grasshopper infestations. And it looked to them, at least, as if the government didn't care about what happened to them. The hardest-hit areas, often rural, saw almost no federal funding, with much of that going to larger infrastructure projects instead. While agriculture languished, railroads and dams were being built or improved. To some, it felt like the government had failed the people. The politicians that had been elected to represent them had lost their way, and President Roosevelt's big government New Deal was the final straw. No longer would thousands of farmers and small-town Americans stand by and let the world carry on as if they didn't exist. A new movement had dawned, and its very vocal champion could be found in the man named A.R. Swickard, the Street and Water Commissioner of Sheridan, Wyoming. Swickard already had an axe to grind. The Republicans who had promised to help his town had seemingly abandoned him instead. The time had come to take drastic action. However, Swickard would not resort to taking up arms against the United States. He sought a more peaceful and legal approach to secession. He and the rest of the movement would create their own state, Absaroka. The name was taken from the native Crow language, meaning children of the large-beaked bird. And the Absaroka initiative quickly took flight. Swickard delivered speeches in towns in Wyoming, Montana, and South Dakota about what their possible new lifestyle might entail. Unsurprisingly, the new state would have a conservative bent with a focus on small government. At the time, it was poised to become the 49th state, illustrated by a state flag design with the number 49 written across it. Swickard showed crowds a potential license plate, a map, and held a beauty contest called the Miss Absaroka Pageant. Its first and only winner, Dorothy Fellows, joined Swickard in preaching the benefit of an independent state. The movement kept growing, as did their territory. In fact, as part of his publicity tour, Swickard touted the still-under-construction Mount Rushmore as a potential tourist destination, since it would have fallen within their new state lines. And the coalition was being noticed outside the U.S. as well. The King of Norway came to Absaroka in 1939. Well, it was more like he was passing through on his way to visit southeast Montana, but the people there took it as a sign that their fight for statehood was being recognized by the international community. Swickard was relentless in his pursuit of vindication. He held public hearings where those within Absaroka's borders addressed the wrongs committed by the big city politicians who'd left them high and dry. And it seemed to be working. When officials in Montana and Wyoming got word of the unrest among their constituents, they started to listen more closely. Perhaps if things had been different, we might have 51 states on our maps today. Unfortunately, the plight of the Absarokans paled in comparison to the conflict going on in Europe. World War II had united the globe under one common goal, and the United States had started sending its own troops over there to fight. At that point, there was no longer a reason for disenfranchised farmers to start their own state. They dropped their plans to secede and threw their energy into the fray overseas. The movement dissipated, never quite regaining its momentum, leaving Absaroka to become nothing more than a state of mind. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show 
and you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.